Chapter 9 Till knew of a seldom-used passageway to the outside and hastened down it. Climbing through leaves and brush at the other end, he looked up to see light in the sky on this placid northern evening. But he was anything but placid inside. There was never a doubt where he'd go, to the meeting place by the stream. He made the trek with a heavy heart, but when he arrived, the stream's quiet murmurings were soothing. Searching for a place to sleep, he remembered what he learned in morning class as a child. Kieran's the world over, said his teacher, live where they avoid humans, and prime locations are trees. Even if they're not modified, their holes are cozy and protective. Thankfully, our clan hasn't needed them. Till had never climbed a tree. His clan suffered an aversion to heights. But I need a place to spend the night, he thought. If they come looking for me, they'll never suspect I'm in a tree. Going to a massive trunk and feeling the bark with sweaty hands, he started climbing, heart pounding, and reached a large branch. Near a junction of trunk and bough, he found an empty hole. He climbed in, tried to get comfortable, and felt his fear gradually subside. A day and a half until Eric comes. I'll be all right. I can wait. Thus began a restless night in a cavity that would be a haven for a tree-dwelling Kieran. This far north, and at this time of year, most of the night was light or dusky, with only a short period of darkness. That didn't make sleeping easier, but finally Till fell into a fitful slumber and had a dream filled with quarreling and sorrow. Yet in the end, he reached a golden door. About to discover what lay behind it, he was awakened by the sniffing of a curious squirrel. Poking his head out, Till looked around. It was a warm and sunny day. Climbing down to the ground to look for food, he heard conversation and stopped. No one from the clan's been out overnight. How awful, being alone and unprotected. Till recognized the voice of Gingol, a clan elder. Till, he called. Where are you? Quickly, the lad scrambled up the tree, settled nervously into his hole, and listened. We'll find him, said another voice. It was Alam, a second elder. He can't be far. He's an independent lad, but needs his clan. He mustn't see that human again. It's bad business, the worst. If he does, he's in for trouble. Lowenval can be a liability, but he is our magician, and we've always done his bidding. That he'd meet Eric and make history, and the whole world would be better because humans and Kirins were together. But they stalked stiffly on, calling his name and talking in low voices until out of earshot. Before long came a third voice, shaking his resolve to the core. Son, come home! You don't belong out here! It was his mother, and he looked down at her passing alone beneath his tree. Your place is with me, with your family. We're all searching for you. You mustn't associate with a human. How could you? It's unnatural and could only lead to hardship. He nearly spoke to her. So near was she, and so desolate and lonely did he feel. But he didn't, listening until she was gone. When will I hear her voice again? Will I ever hear her voice again? He crept onto the branch. Seeing no one, a shiver ran through him. 
he was alone. He climbed down the trunk to gather food, but stepping onto the ground heard another voice, which was anything but friendly. There you are, growled Lowenval, approaching in his long gown, angry eyes flashing. Why do you place me in such a troublesome position? If you see the human... Till turned and ran as fast as he could. Don't meet with it, shouted the magician after him. You'll be cast out! The words rang in Till's ears. Not caring where he was going, he didn't stop until he was exhausted and gasping for air. Collapsing to the ground, he lay there for he knew not how long. Finally, he got up and made his way back along the route he thought he had taken, finding his way to the stream, encountering no one. To avoid being discovered, he stayed away from the place where he and Eric met and spent the day alone in the evening returning to the tree-hole and passing another frightful night. In the morning, he sat by the stream. When the sun was high, he heard splashing, and knew it was Eric. He jumped to his feet. Directing his vessel to a landing, Eric pulled it ashore. Till? I'm very glad you came, said the Kieran. Eric smiled. Did you think I wouldn't? I'm just very happy to see you. I've had difficulty. Very sorry to hear it. Still want to go home with me? Yes. Then we're off. Eric helped him into the canoe. Watching from behind a tree until the canoe was out of sight, Lowenval turned away, frowning, then marched back toward the clan dwelling. The lads made his choice. I tried to stop him. It will be costly. Even his mother won't support him now. No one will but his little blonde friend, and she's irrelevant. The stream's course was familiar, but Till was too preoccupied to notice anything. On the first foray to Eric's home, he was stimulated, but now he had no idea what would become of him. Soon they landed in Takitna, and Eric carried him to the house. Jack's gone, said Eric. That's fine. He spent the afternoon discussing photographs of family, the literature on his shelves, and as many other subjects as he could think of. Till said almost nothing, going through the motions numbly. Eric realized this and felt badly for his tiny friend, but had no idea how to change it. He glanced at his wristwatch. It was almost five o'clock. Is it time to go home? Till hesitated. Not sure I can, he said for the first time, voicing his predicament. I'm not welcome. Why? Because you're my friend. They know about this. How? Lowenval uh, reads our thoughts. I tried to hide it, but he discovered what was happening. If I went home, he'd know I'd been with you today. I'd be cast out. Neighboring clans wouldn't take me. They would all be informed. I'm so sorry this is happening, said Eric. He paused. Could you stay with me? Till was quiet. I'm grateful for your kindness, but I'd like to go home to see how things are. 
Let's leave now. Eric propelled his friend back to the place where they had met, on a journey more somber than either could have imagined two days earlier. Should I wait? asked Eric, or come back. Perhaps tomorrow, said Till. I'll know then. I'll be here at noon. I too, unless something unfortunate occurs. Watching Eric move away until he was out of sight, Till turned and headed grimly toward the clan's cavern. As he stepped through the archway into the great hall, two women seized him, both his aunts, each one grasping an arm. You mustn't come home now, dearie, said Favinius. You've made your decision, snarled Jostel. One we can't accept. Now be off with you. Turn right around and go back where you came from. Propelling him back through the entrance, they sent him sprawling onto the hallway floor. He looked back, and they were barring the archway. He struggled to his feet. May I speak with my mother, or Surrey, or even Lowenval? I've done nothing wrong. I've done what you should, we all should, become friends with humans. You'll not talk with anyone, snapped Jostel. Be off! And you won't be coming back, called Favinius. Off with you! Turning away, Till started down the corridor to the outside world. Neighboring clans would treat him no better. The finality of everything was beginning to sink in. Till, he heard from behind. It was Surrey running to him. I came another way. She took his hand. Lowenfall has decreed that we not speak your name or allow you inside the clan dwelling. I'll use our secret passageway and bring you food. Perhaps he'll relent? I meet the human tomorrow, said Till, taking both her hands. Go back, before you get in trouble. I'll be all right. I'll communicate with you if I can. I'm very worried, she caressed his hand. Can I go with you? Out of the question. You must go back. Turning, she walked away silently, at a loss about how to help, expecting she would spend unnumbered days with loneliness and melancholy as staunch companions. Till watched until she was gone. Fearing he'd never see her again, he made his way back to the meeting place by the stream. Climbing the tree, he found the hole and passed an exceedingly sad night. In the morning he descended and sat by the stream, half hoping Surrey or someone from the clan would come. No one did. Eric appeared in the canoe. How did things go? he asked gently. I'll go with you, said Till. I understand. They went by canoe to Eric's home with little conversation and entered his room. Eric picked up Till and placed him on the bed, then sat down in his chair. The Kieran was quiet for a long time. Thank you for allowing me to stay here, he said finally. My pleasure, said Eric, glancing about the room. You'll need a place to sleep, and one thing is clear. You'll have to stay away from Jack. He cannot know you're here. You're invisible, so that shouldn't be a problem, but be careful. Why, wondered Till, is Eric so suspicious of Jack? What's he like? Eric got up, pulled out a low dresser drawer, and in it arranged white t-shirts in a pile. How's that for a bed? Climbing down the leg of the bed and into the drawer, Till lay down on the shirts. 
If only it were my bed, he thought with a heavy heart. It's comfortable. Can you find enough to eat in the neighborhood? Haven't been hungry lately, but lots of trees and plants are nearby. Some remind me of our forest. There'll be plenty to eat. When I go out, I'll leave a window slightly open so you can come and go as you please. Eric paused. Know something? I'm the luckiest guy in the world. People would give their right arm to be friends with another species. Puzzled by the remark, Till was too homesick to ask about it. I must stay, he told himself, and make the best of it. After all, who's the one so interested in humans? But the only human he knew was gentle and kind. He had no way of knowing that Lowenthal may have been right, and he might encounter humans of an entirely different nature.